Alrighty, guys, it is Stu. It is What the Fuck Gym Talk. And I have Julian Bryan here, owner of Million Dollar Gym. I literally just found out that was the name of the gym. I didn't know that. I just knew this was Julian Bryan. And he's a guy who was came across my radar when one of my clients, Chris Williams, he owns a uh, two successful businesses in Tracy, California. He owns CFT Fitness, as well as APL, Altamont Performance Labs, which is like a sports training facility for youth and teens and things of that nature. Anywho, Chris, who's a client of mine, is using Julian for marketing. And he had good things to say. And so that's how it got the conversation going. And I DM Julian, we were talking and shooting shit. And um, he had a really cool backstory, which I want to get into. And so anyway, that, that's what we're going to be doing today. We'll be talking his backstory, marketing, all that good shit. Julian, if you wouldn't mind, give your, uh, you know, your elevator pitch as to who you are and why it's important. Well, first and foremost, thank you very much, Stuart, for having me on here. I'm truly honored. <laughs> like, I can't even say enough. Um, but basically, Million Dollar Gym, is, it's, it's more about like the mentality of a seven-figure gym owner. Um, it's, it's not so much as I'm going to take your gym to seven figures. Uh, it's more so just about like what it takes to become a seven-figure gym owner. Uh, the, the drive, the hunt. The clickbait yeah, total helps though. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I've actually partnered with a seven figure gym owner. Uh, and that's where I was kind of inspired to get the name and just seeing his drive. Cause I, I always ask him, like, I, he's been my long term client. ASAP. So I always ask him, ASAP Fitness, yeah, Anthony yep. Malta. And I always ask him, like, well, what is it about you that separates like you from the 99% of other gym owners? And he just has this just drive, this scrappiness, this awareness of his strengths and the ability to, or the willingness rather to delegate, um, on his weaknesses. And he's, he's overly ambitious to, you know, build those systems in place to that allow him to scale rapidly. Um, so yeah, that's, yeah. So with that, I was just inspired to, um, you know, kind of team up with him and help other gym owners, uh, kind of adapt that same mentality and to help, um, put some of the systems that I've learned from applying in my other brick and mortar business, as well as like the digital space that I've uh, adopted from other mentors that I uh, take co courses from. Um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much what we do. Uh, it's like lead generation, um, along with like a sales training and to really help with like the one-on-one uh, -on -one intros and to really just optimize and get the most, um, the most out of their advertising. Okay. So, and here, and one thing we're going to talk about for anyone that's listening, there's a lot of like in this space, you know, Russell Brunson created an amazing business on teaching every jack off with that can get through a click funnels tutorial, how to sell Marco or how to sell themselves. The Ty Lopez's of the world. Like this is a, this is a, I'm not going to call it like a plague. However, I guess some guys would maybe look at this plague, but this is something that is huge. Just like cross, I guess you could probably look at micro gyms and CrossFit as a plague as well after CrossFit. But I'd look at Russell Brunson as like the Greg Glassman for online marketing and sales, right? Like ClickFunnels hits and everybody hits the scene selling something online, teaching people about social media because it's this unknown thing. And most people are just not, they don't have the time, the energy to learn about it. So it creates this awesome opportunity. And with that, just like CrossFit gyms, there's going to be really shitty fucking CrossFit gyms and really great ones. There's going to be really shitty online marketers, really good ones. Before we get into the marketing, though, I want to talk about one of the things that really stuck to me on this. And, you know, I took this on a flyer. I don't know Julian. We don't do any work together He's or anything like that. I took it on a recommendation from Chris, and then I read something that you published. 
And then this was really inspiring for me. So uh, January 25th in 2013, you had a, you had some serious shit happen in your life. Yeah, I did. Um, what am I, without going into too much gross detail, would you kind of give some context to all that? So in, in 2009, uh, actually, let me take a step back from there. So in high school, I've always, you know, I've always been an athlete. Um, I had dreams of actually playing in the NBA um, or at least landing, you know, some type of overseas professional ball um, career. And then even like uh, power forward center. Okay. Uh, but I was trying to transition uh, six, six. Okay. Yeah. So I was trying to transition to more like a small forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I wasn't like D one status good, but I was good and I was on my way. Um, and even if I f- would fall like back on those dreams, uh, I was still going to school for kinesiology. Like I always, I was always in fitness. Like I, I had this, like, I, I just love like just fitness, the fitness industry. Uh, so even if those dreams didn't work out, I wanted to, um, you know, become an athletic trainer for elite athletes. And this is like 2009. So CrossFit was like just entering the scene. I actually didn't even know about CrossFit uh, when all this shit that you heard about went down. Um, but anyhow, so I, I go to I go to college and uh, I join a fraternity and I get my wisdom teeth extracted. Right. Next thing you know, it, I become addicted to Vicodin. And I'm in, the, I'm in a fraternity, I'm partying, I'm just like having a good time and um, just things just keep happening. I keep like the, the habit starts building and I keep telling myself, like I'm in denial, I keep telling myself, um, you know, I don't have an addictive personality. One thing leads to the next, I just, it just keeps spiraling out of control. Uh, Vicodin, Norco, Percocet, Oxycontin, the next thing you know, I'm addicted to heroin. So I, I mean, I'm speeding up the story, but basically uh, within a you know, over being addicted from 2009 to 2013, when you read that story, um, it just kept getting worse and worse. And my, the crowd of friends that I hung out with, uh, continued to change. Um, I started making really terrible decisions out of my, uh, out of my character and I ended up in prison. Um, and that was really an eye opener. It was a fight you, so you, essentially there was a, there was a gun. There was a, a, it sounded like some kind of scenario with another drug dealer went bad. You pulled out a gun, you got a five-year stint. You didn't end up having to serve all five, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I did three and a half, uh, three and a half years in prison. Um, and during that time I just, uh, studied as much as possible. Uh, I actually got my AA when I was in there. And just really focused on uh, personal development and growth. And I did my very best to, um, you know, stay out of the the prison politics and stay out of the drama. Uh, it was very hard because I, I'm actually, I'm, I'm mixed. So that, that adds like complexities to the situation. Because I don't know if you're aware of like prison politics, but um, essentially you have to choose like one side, like white, black, Mexican. Um, are you a gang member? it gets really crazy in there. So did you have uh, to pick? I did have to pick. What'd you pick? My, my skin is white, but I'm, I'm, I'm mixed with black. Um, and at first I'm like, well, my skin is white, whatever. I don't care. 
but then they started saying inbomb this and inbomb that. And I'm like, ah, oh, no, I can't do this. Yeah. So I actually had to switch sides. I got into a prison riot. Like there was just so much going on. It was so hard to, you know, be the light in so much darkness is how I always refer to it. Um, but I just chose to, you know, separate myself from all of that and to really just focus on, on my internal. How and old were you at the time? I was 20, uh, I was locked up from 21 to 20, like right before my 25th birthday. Damn, that's, that's such a fucking young age to have that kind of shit. Here's the, during, when you think of a lot of people that were like, again, you were in a fraternity, I was in a fraternity, like from 21, 25, I was doing tons of shit I should probably have gotten locked up for, but very small percentage of people ever will get locked up. Like, you know, you get away with 99% of the illegal shit we do in everyday life. Yeah. yeah. I, I like, I can't even contemplate that. I spent one night in jail and I cannot even imagine going through that. Like it's absolutely so. Okay. So you get out. Um, are you, are you in a, are you still sober today? I am. Congratulations. Yeah. Man. How many years or how long? Yeah. Um, damn. I don't even count like that. Cause I really don't focus on it. It's That's been awesome. since I went to jail. So, um, uh, I'm 27 now. So I guess six years. Congratulations. That's so awesome to hear. All Thank right. You. I appreciate so that. You get out, and then I know you develop Crohn's. Yeah. And, Damn, I put that all in there, huh? Yeah. I, just, <laughs> I forgot I how much. Two or three times. I fucking love – I mean, I thought it was really good. And again, if you guys – so go to Julian's um, Facebook business page, which is – he's got a personal page, which is awesome. It's a profile, but he turned it into a business page. Um, and he scrolled down to January 23rd. He wrote this entire note. Note is the version of blog posting that Facebook has, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it's really well written from a – authenticity and a vulnerability and I'm a fucking sucker for anybody who puts themselves out there and so I, I read this thing multiple times um wow. so you get Crohn's you and then so how did okay going through that and then what got you to where you are like where, did you recognize the gold rush that was internet marketing or was it fitness first and then internet marketing how did we get to where we are today because you had the so, desire right right and that that's actually funny because I I I should have went there first because I, of course, I saw the gold rush, right? But I danced around the idea of helping gym owners for so long when it was right in, in my face. Like, I should have just went inside, like, oh, why not just help gym owners? But like I said, I didn't really know about CrossFit. Um, so it just, it wasn't obvious to me. The only gyms that I thought about were like, well, I'm not going to help like a global gym like that. It just wouldn't make sense economically. Um, but to kind of back up a little bit from that, I actually dove into digital marketing um to initially help my my wife on her and our other business so we own a, a beauty salon and um my wife owns a I, salon as well that's oh fine. that's awesome yeah so my wife she does um eyelash uh extensions, extensions. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of fucking money in that shit yeah there is a lot of money in that so i i just wanted to learn you know how to basically max out her appointments and uh her capacity and we did that <laughs> and just in learning that I'm like, dude, this is, this is fucking awesome. Like I love digital marketing. It's just, I don't know. It just gets me going. Like the, the opportunities, the possibilities that you can have just like creating wealth online. It's just, it's just mind blowing to me. So 100%. I look yeah. at what I did in owning a brick and mortar. And then I look at the revenue I make just essentially making videos online and content and then doing and working with gym owners. And it's like, man, why in the fuck would anyone ever want a brick and mortar? Like it's, it's so funny to, to, to still have one that I love and is profitable and then have 
this thing, but I'm like, going back, I was like, shit, like this, this brick of like the rent, it just drives me insane. It really does. Yeah. The overhead. <laughs> it's oh so man. Funny. So, okay. Yeah. So you see that you see this, it really starts fascinating you. You start digging deep. Who are kind of your, um, who are the guys you're looking at at this time that are doing it well, that you are kind of using as uh, inspiration, that kind of thing. Frank Kern, um, Ty Lopez was the yep. pretty much the originator who got me into like the whole idea of helping small businesses. He got because at this time, like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. Um, so he kind of really got me into like the consulting, like SMMA or whatever. Um, but yeah, at that, that time, it was just like Ty, like the big guys, like Ty Lopez, yep. uh, Russell Brunson, Frank Kern. Uh, but now it's more like Aaron Fletcher, Sam Ovens. Um, still like some of the big guys, but I work with some other people like Nick Robbins, even, um, Ryan, uh, Ryan Moore and Rob Bailey of fit club accelerator. Like I've actually been mentored by them. I like Mark, Mike, R, um, RC, yeah. uh, loud rumor. Yeah. So now I'm like really focused more on like kind of modeling what some of the, the bigger fitness agencies are, are working on because I, I want to become like the number one fitness consultant. Like that's the vision that I have. Um, and it's a, a, a big, it's that bag, like that, that big, hairy, audacious, audacious goal uh, that I'm aiming for. But it's, it's something that I have in my vision. So I'm working towards it. Awesome. So let's talk about the company. Well, again, now, so fast forward. So again, like I said in the beginning, guys, um, one of my current clients, Chris Williams, owns this gym. He tells me, hey, I've, you know, I've got a guy that I think I'm going to use you know, for lead generation. One of the things I tell my guys, like when I start working at the gym, I'm like, I'm not a lead gen guy. This is not, I'm not, I'm not doing your Facebook ads. I'm not creating your landing page and all that. I'm going to teach you how to run the business. I will teach you how to storytell. I will, you know, the, the internal working of the business. I am not to get you 20 leads a month guy. It's not a business um, I, I am in. So I always, I've never had anyone that outsources to. So when clients go to somebody, I'm generally cool. Let me report back and let me know how it went. And Chris said, obviously really good things. And I, you know, um, I make everybody keep a very specific, what I call my numbers tracker, which is an Excel sheet that Chris has to keep in every gym I work with. And I'm able to see what the fuck's going on internally. And sure enough, uh, Chris's business, he starts getting a lot more traffic to it. So when Chris made the recommendation, I was like, great, cool, man. Like starting off a good relationship. And you know, a lot of these guys can get someone a lot of leads in the beginning. Let me know how it goes. But I'll say one thing about Chris. It's hard to bullshit Chris. He's not, he is not a, like he literally has a bullshit meter that say is probably far more advanced than most. And I think he generally, even with, even like you could have gotten him a bunch of leads and he converted them to paid members and all that. I think without it, I think Chris is just a really good judge of character. So you're working with Chris, like, and even before Chris, though, that's how we met, but talk to me about ASAP. Cause I know that's one of your bigger case studies and I'm familiar with their brand and their different locations. But for anyone who's not, talk a little about what ASAP is in, in the California in the in California. Yeah, so ASAP, they're kind of like in that uh, San Joaquin Valley area. And when I started with them, um, they had four locations. They were getting about five, like net five members per month. Um, not really, didn't really have an advertising strategy kind of like hit and miss on their marketing. Um, so I came in and, and just really helped them ramp some things up. And, and I, 
really he it was like such a learning process with him like that was when I that was like one of the very first CrossFit gyms I worked with and it just having Anthony as one of my clients just really allowed me to test so many different things um which I'm I'm so blessed for and um basically we helped him scale to the fifth location and we've added the we've added over 300 members in this past year um it's been it's been phenom- phenomenal and just seeing like the work ethic that Anthony has uh, as well as the other managers at each of the locations it's that's what really inspired me to to start million dollar gym um because that that drive that hunger like i said that the scrappiness and really being aware of um of the strengths and weaknesses like that's that's what i see in like his character um that is necessary to be able to scale at that level uh, so with him, I, I took like the whole year without like going heavy on prospecting. Cause a lot of the like mentors in, in the digital marketing agency is just like, Oh, go out and sell, sell, sell and outsource most of the work. And like that just, it didn't rub me the right way. Like I, I can't go and sell something that I, I can't 100% back with confidence that I can deliver on. Like, it's just not, it's just not me at all. So yes. with that and with uh, ASAP, like, I just took everything I was learning and applied it slowly and would identify the bottlenecks and then go in and um, just see where I can, you know, improve on my service offering as well as, you know, what the, pretty much what they need. So, um, you know, long story short, basically um, I started working with a software partner and we, they let me white label their, their software program. And is this uplaunch? No, it's not uplaunch. Okay. We, we were working with uplaunch for a little bit, but this new software is, um, it's a little bit less rigid so okay. we can do some of the strategies as far as, um, create different camp, like a lot of like email blasts and text blasts, um, uh, more so than what we're able to do with uplaunch. Uplaunch is like you, you fit into this box and that's it which is cool. It's, it's great to like get up and going, but for some of the advanced marketing stuff, what I needed a different solution. So this is like Scipio on steroids with like email and including like messenger. It's like a true CRM. And I think it's going to be is it a true CRM. Or is it a bunch of things duct taped together with Zapier? No, it's a true CRM and it will be an industry leader. Um, I think it's, it'll be, it, it's like Infusionsoft, but which you no know, micro gym <laughs> fucking needs. No, but yeah, but easier. Like it's, it's, it's a true CRM that actually makes sense. So it's like really on the ground floor right now, but it's like the potential is it's there. And I, I'm really excited about the, about that. And basically putting that, like what I even, why I even got into talking about this is basically it allowed us to, um, you know, increase the show rate, decrease the no shows, um, and really follow up with people consistently and effectively. So um, so is that know, handled in-house by you guys with the CRM or do you guys empower, I guess, essentially tell, explain to me from the business perspective. So it used to be back in the day, like there's companies like Jim Builder and the new you best self challenge and all that. And essentially it was, we will put our money up front. We take all the risk. We will pay for the ads and get the leads. And we're taking a cut of the six week challenge or whatever the promotion was. 
and you're taking a smaller cut because we need to make our money back, obviously. And then you have the Alex Ramoses, which are 16 grand upfront, paid in full. And then you have access to my online course and all my plays and all this other shit. And then you have other ones that are just, hey, I have a monthly retainer and you pay for the, like, how, explain to me how the business works from this angle. So right now I'm, I'm still building out the structure, but I kind of look at it like a hybrid model. So what I'm taking is, is like a, a combination of what Jim Launch offers with what something like Mike Arce and Loud Rumor offer. And just having that middle ground where we will set up all the, the marketing campaigns and basically just get you going. And then we also teach you what we did, how we did it. Uh, so you can, if you wanted to continue and do that yourself, feel free to. Um, as well as like the sales training and the importance of the consultative close. And like, that's key. Lead handling is absolutely key because in most cases, you know, if we're just sending you leads, you say these leads suck, but you're not the one following up. Then, I mean, we're at an expense at that point. Um, but basically what we do is we also provide that CRM and we get you going with that. Uh, so we set you up with the campaigns and we do the appointment setting. Um, for the first part, but we want to teach you, we want to empower you to, um, you know, do that yourself. So we also teach you how to do that too. But of course there is that option to continue to have us take care of all, like make you a, make it a done for you service and you know, where you don't have to worry about that at all, but that's where that hybrid model is in place. And we're still kind of building out uh, for scalability, how we can, you know, make sure. that work. So I've had Alex on the podcast, mainly because he was making the biggest splash at the time. And he was obviously a controversial dude and, and things of that. And, you know, I've always been the belief that a six-week challenge kind of high volume input thing, it's, it's I didn't, I'm not pro for it. I'm not anti it. I think it works for certain gyms at certain times. I think, here's what I think. I think duration-based marketing is, I think, what we're talking about. Some kind of a duration-based offer, whether it's a free trial, a six-week, a one-day, a 10 for 20, whatever the fuck it may be. It's been used forever and ever and ever and ever, right? Um, and you know, you'll hear Alex and other guys cite like, "Listen, LA Fitness has been running the same free month for forty years," right? Yeah. In the micro gym industry, though, we can't play like a lot of gyms can't play on volume. If you if like you if you put fifty people in Chris's gym tomorrow, like within the next month, he'd go out of business. He doesn't have the infrastructure for fifty people. Right? right, like most most gyms don't have the infrastructure to handle that. Whether it's on the staffing side or even on like the dude, like my membership is 110. If you bring me 40 people, that's almost you know that's that's a 40 percent, 50 percent uptick. I can't handle like it would fuck up the entire culture. It's CrossFit. I can't onboard that many fucking people on how to snatch. How do you guys like? Do you hear micro gym owners coming to you saying, "Hey"? Can you put the faucet and set the dial like five new members a month or 10 or 20? Like, are people able to come? Because I think the problem, one of the things people had with gym launch was it was too many too quick. At least that was one of the criticisms I would hear. Yeah. How do you guys set the dial based on the operational capacity, which I'm a fucking Nazi about um, within the gym? You know, that's, that is a very big challenge. Um, really the only way to to really do that, I would say is, is adding a filter. So some type of application. Um, but typically if we, I mean, for that'll also come down to the offer, like a free six week challenge, that's going to get a lot of unqualified people 
Um, so in that case, a filter is absolutely a necessity. Um, but for something like what we're running with Chris, the one free session, I mean, we're not going to get an, you know, an overwhelming yeah. amount of people coming sure. in. So it's very, it's handled, you know, a lot easier. So you make the bait a little less shiny to direct the number and ultimately true. And like when I hear Jim Motors complain, it was just too many people. I'm like, motherfucker, you got to think it's like a country club. You didn't have to let them all in. You didn't have <laughs> exactly. to let them join. Like you're in control of it. Like I couldn't help, but I got 96 leads. Then take your ad spend down, change this, change that, turn the ad off. Like you're a hundred percent in control of it. So when I hear a lot of the, uh, the complaints on the volume, I generally kind of, I push those to the side because I just don't think they're, it's a well-qualified complaint. Um, let me ask you this. My thought on advertising is this. Nobody has a secret ad or the copy on a landing page or the copy on the Facebook, but there's nothing, there's nothing special about any of those. It's timing. Timing Absolutely. everything. It's just the frequency in which you're in front of a Mike RC actually is the one who said this originally, and I heard him say this first. You want your timing to be like a dude trying to bang a chick with a boyfriend, right? <laughs> so when she has that boyfriend and the boyfriend shows and he, you know, you know, on her birthday, you send her a little text, the holidays, you send her a text. Hey, I just thinking of you because you know, one day that boyfriend's going to fuck up and there you are, right? Like those people that click on your ads, like people like I get a ton of people going to the landing page, but they don't convert Stu. I'm like, guess what? Because they weren't ready to transact. Like, do you know how much you need from somebody to get a transaction? You're trying to fuck when you just need to go on a date first. Like, you just need to be in front of people consistently over and over and over and over. And then when they're ready, when that boyfriend's gone, when they don't have to pay that deductible on their car, when they're fucking done with school, when they're, they're finally in summertime and they're sick of being overweight, when the timing is right and you happen to be at the right place at the right time, you might have a chance at fucking or getting that transaction. And like... I just don't think people understand that there's no, like, it's not you, it's not Brunson, it's not Jim Launch. There's not like a magical ad. And the way Facebook makes everything transparent, I can, anyone can go to ASAP's Facebook business page at any time they're running one of your ads and copy and steal the copy in the photo immediately. I was literally on ASAP shit and they have one of my photos. It's a picture that we did for Urban. It's a picture of the Concept 2 rower where I have all the different classes picked <laughs> off and he just put his different locations, which I fucking love. It's, I mean, it's a great idea. Um, anywho, like we can steal each other's shit all day. There is no success. I think in the actual copy and the photo, it's just the timing. What are your thoughts on that? I think that to some degree, I, I would agree with you. Um, but there's also so much testing that goes into advertising. Sure. It's, it is a meticulous process, and if you don't know the mechanics, and really, if you don't have the time to go spend, you know, at least an hour or two a day testing different things, um, then, I mean, why even? Sure. Why so not? Just in, but, what would you say? So it not only testing, but like you said, the time. But what also comes along with that is there's got to be a dollar amount you're willing to spend in experimentation. Yeah, absolutely. What would you say that is? So, you know, back in the day, you know, someone asked me how much I spent on advertising. I generally was correlated to how much they're losing, you know, how many cancel members and things like that. How much money do you have to spend ultimately? What would you say in today's world, 2019, March, um, 
what is a daily spend or is it monthly? Like what, what is like the lowest amount acceptable that you think you're actually going to get an ROI on? So I go for, um, at least I want 2000 people to see an ad that I'm testing at that time. So if so I have 2000 impressions, 2000 impressions, right. For everyone so, who doesn't understand what an impression is, an impression is an eyeball on your shit. All right. And then if you're so someone referenced a CRM, right, that is the cost per a thousand eyeballs on your shit. CPM, CPM. CPM, sorry, not CRM. CPM, cost per milli, but we're gonna that's it's actually a thousand, not a million. So just I wanna just you gotta break it down. Some people listening to this were on the small school bus licking the window. So um, yeah. <laughs> um so but yeah, definitely. I would say, I mean, I put $10 a day per ad set. I'm kind of testing with uh, campaign budget optimization, which is at the campaign level, you're setting the, the budget, mm -hmm. um, which would typically be around $100 a day. So if you have 10 different ad sets that you're, you're testing, which you should, I mean, at, at minimum, um, and constantly rotating different ads to see, to typically just find an offer that meets, uh, an offer in an audience that meets the cost per lead that you're aiming for. Uh, and really just keeping a strong hole or a strong pulse on the click through rate. Um, and really just seeing, you know, after that 2000 impression mark to see if, you know, if it's where you want everything to be. So it typically would be around a hundred dollars a day, I would say. Okay. So a hundred dollars a day is what we're looking to spend. So we're doing three grand in a month in, in ad spend. Cool. So if that's the bare minimum to play with, what would you say is the typical, what, what would be the rich? So if someone's spending three grand a month and let's just use Chris as an example, let's just use not even not Chris, but like his price point, right? So let's say, um, let's just call it $200, you know, in a new sale for a membership. And we're not even talking whether they're doing PT first and all that. Are we talking $3,000 spend and the average gym should be looking to make X percentage? And I know there's no uniform answer here. I know it's different for everybody. But in an example like a gym like Chris, what I would call a sophisticated micro gym, a good price point, what, is, what are we looking to make there? So with Jim, uh, with uh, Chris, Chris's gym, we actually, we only budgeted at $1,000 a month. And his ROAS has been anywhere from what? three, three X to five X. So, um, you know, that typically I like to see, you know, around that row as, but it's really, it's hard. And that comes to the sales process. And I would honestly, I, I feel like I should make it mandatory for my clients to go to micro gym you or uh, some of the other, uh, you know, gym consultants out there and really talk about the, the one-on-one -on -one intros. Cause I feel like they're more experienced as far as giving that type of advice, but, um, it's hard with the price points to, for it to make sense. It all comes down to the really a consultative close and the sales process. Um, but like what I would like to see is, uh, you know, a three X to a five X return on ad spin. Cool. So I'm literally, and I, and I hope Chris doesn't mind this, I'm literally pulling up what I've got in his numbers tracker. But I mean, you know, Chris, according to the data he's got in here, he closed 20 people or more. Well, he closed over 20 people in January. Um, he had around 40 consultations, which had a 50, or came out to about a 51% closing ratio, which off cold traffic, which is what we're talking. Would you consider your traffic cold? 
Most of it, yeah, for the yeah. first two months. And then we, we try to put some retargeting in, but with local business, it's very hard and it doesn't really make sense all the time. Talk to um, me about that. I've, so talk to me about why retargeting is harder for maybe less cost effective for a local small business versus a larger one. The audience size and the way that the algorithm um, basically responds to small audiences it's almost just better making a, a, a lookalike audience off of the people who have engaged with, you know, like for instance, like we just did a lookalike audience off the people who engaged with, um, we're doing a lead form ad. So a, le- a lookalike audience is still a cold audience. Yes. But, but Facebook is going to find people that look like the people who have opted into that, uh, that lead form. So basically kind of backing up those retargeting audiences, it, it would be more, it could be more effective six months or a year down the road if you're still building up those audiences. But from the very beginning, I mean, within those first two months, it like, there's just not enough data, uh, not, not enough data for Facebook to, um, to optimize on. So it ends up giving a, a, a more expensive cost per lead. So this is exciting. This is interesting for me. And so, um, I typically, I love running and I'll have a gym. Um, we'll get a good video, a good piece of video content, nothing too expensive, but something that really, I believe tells the right story. And we'll go ahead and run a video ad for through plays, right? So a guaranteed 15 second view on a 15 second video. And we'll run and we'll go ahead and accumulate thousands of those. We'll warm someone up. We'll retarget with another one. And we're either, we're either pinpointing the stories of a certain different clients or whatever it may be in our hyper localized area kind of scenario, and then retargeting with a lead gen ad, um, something that's going to have a call to action in it, a much more aggressive kind of thing. And hopefully, what we're considering maybe a lukewarm audience as far as that goes. And generally, what I normally get is a gym owner, like, dude, I'm running these videos, and I'm, I mean, nobody's nobody's coming in the doors. I'm like, bro, it, I. Bu- think about every video you look at your thumb, you, you, you thumb scroll and you, even if you engage with it and you watch 15 seconds of it, are you going and making a purchasing decision? Like everyone listening, next time you fuck around with your phone, pass by and you're stopping and watching a video. Like if you've ever watched one of mine, did you stop and call me immediately? No. Like when you scroll past and over, did you go and make a transaction? So why in the fuck do gym owners think that, oh, there's a magical ad and a copy and it's going to beat me into submission and that's going to happen? Transactions, like making that name, email, and phone number, even just giving that, which is pre-transaction, is such an intimate thing to do. Like if I were to ask you, how many things have you ever clicked on a landing page for, Julian, put in your name, email, and phone number, got redirected to a landing page, and then purchase that product or service. It's very few, very few. So yeah. I, how do you, so I'm, you have to get this a lot, or you at least have heard of other guys. How, how do you explain to a micro gym owner who's maybe impatient, doesn't understand the pure volume of what I'd call brand awareness and engagement that needs to happen with your brand before transaction and even lead generation occurs? Honestly, that's, that's a huge challenge that I'm, I'm constantly trying to come up with a solution for. Um, because really, ultimately, it's like, I'm always at this crossroad, right? As an agency owner, it's, it's like, okay, I need to get this ROI for me, for my, you know, this investment to make sense. So like, that's my number one goal. So then I try to kind of speed up that process 
uh, for them doing some type of intent-based branding. Uh, it's like Frank Kern's new method that he's been using with live, live video. So that's something I've been testing with because I've tried that what you just explained with like the dollar a day dentist you strategy where yeah. essentially you're just retargeting based off of, you know, different video views. Right. Um, and that's like, I've, I've tested that and it just, it doesn't make like, it doesn't make sense. Like from an ad, an agency standpoint, creating an ROI within, you know, this three month period for them to keep me on. Um, Got it. So it's, no. not that it's, it's not that it's not working. It's hard for you to continue to show your value because when someone's paying you X amount of whatever per month, they're looking for results at a faster rate than that method's going to generate. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, that's, and that's where I'm coming with the course is trying to teach those things so that if that was a long-term strategy play that they wanted to adopt, then feel free. You know, that's something you can carry on with yourself after we've already got you a ton of results. Hopefully you keep us on as, you know, as a client. Um, but you know, that's, it, it's a, it's a long-term strategy and it's, it's a lot harder to justify, um, so paying somebody else to, to implement for you. I'm a, I'm a huge bully. I, bel I, I have a white space theory, right? It's how I found CrossFit. I was, you know, I was doing fitness. I obviously had gone to Globo gyms and there were Globo gyms over here. And then there was really not much of any, like there really wasn't a ton of things. Like there were little franchises like Curbs and I just saw CrossFit fit inside this open wide white space. And now fast forward to now there's Globo Gyms, there's Orange Theories, and then there's CrossFits. And there's still white space between here. And that's, that's where like urban movement plays. It plays in the white space between an Orange Theory and a CrossFit gym, right? And I think that's where there's a ton of opportunity in today's world. I don't know where that'll be in 10, 15 years. But I, I have this white space theory with marketing and I base it off what the fuck gym talk. I have grown this thing and, and what the fuck gym talk is a single, I mean, I charge pretty close to what a lawyer charges and we make, I make more money than a lot of the gyms that I work with monthly. And I grew it all on the back of 378 fucking free non-paid organic videos because I swear and Facebook won't let me run ads behind them. I can't run an ad behind any of my videos because of the language. I can't, every time I, I tried to run one engagement ad with free, swear free copy and the WTF got flagged seven times before I finally got that shit appeal. Like it was just like, I just, and I've grown this thing from just providing really decent, let's call it low quality, high context kind of content at a crazy high volume. And I was able to capture a very small niche demographic of human beings, people who own micro gyms and even more subset CrossFit gym affiliates. And I look at them like, can I take that same white space theory and play it inside the gym scene? Why was I picked up just as fast, if not faster than some other guys? I sounded and looked different and I had something to say and I said it really loud in an authentic way. Why can't the fucking gyms do that? Because I truly believe most gym owners, when they come up with their own marketing, like their own, it doesn't sound any different than the other guy. I, what the fuck, gym talk sound really fucking different compared to everybody else. And I think that's why it works. Can I create a white space, a peacock kind of thesis for the micro gym? And that's literally, that's the shit why I have to take three unisoms at night to sleep. Because I think of that shit before I go to bed is how do I hack what I did here? Because I haven't even done it for urban movement. I'm trying. You look at our organic ad yeah. copy, we attack CrossFit left and right.
I attack orange theory. Like I've done, I, you know, we're trying to find a way to tell our story. You know, it's like orange theory, but you won't get bored. It's like CrossFit, but you won't get injured. Like this kind of like, you know, it's how I used to pitch CrossFit when P90X was really popular. Hey, you ever hear of P90X? Well, it's like that, but you won't look like a douchebag jumping around your living room, looking at your TV. Like that's how I pitched it back <laughs> in the day. It, it, I think that there is an opportunity. I understand what the algorithm does with organic marketing. And I understand that. And again, everyone doesn't even realize Instagram's organic marketing reach is going to go away at some time here in the near future. Like it's yeah. just a matter of time before that goes. I think people realize, yeah, you're going to have to run ads and it's just going to be to push your shit in front of people as often as possible in the videos and the images. But I think it has to be video for brick and mortar for fitness. I think you yeah. have to understand how to make good video content that is educational and entertaining. Absolutely. And I would also go, you know, kind of add to that is relevance and omnipresence. So being extremely dialed in and laser focused on the one avatar that you're speaking to, yep. which you can have multiple, but your that marketing message to one hyper specific person. Yes, yes, yes. And you know, all of your marketing messages should be around like your, your core, like what your core service is and what that, you know, what that is benefiting that avatar that you're talking to, um, as well as like omnipresence is trying to, to be everywhere and provide value and really focus on building that relationship. Cause at the end of the day, like people are buying from people. And I think a lot of people, a lot of gym owners are, are missing that big time. And I see like in this consultation, like some of the consultations or like the messages going back and forth, like an example um, of something terrible I saw was like, uh, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. I can't make it in. Oh, okay. When will you be able to make it in? <laughs> like what? Yeah. There was no <laughs> element there. Are you kidding me? So it's just like, it's just seeing that type of shit. It's like, guys, it, it's, it's common sense. Just, just be a human. Like there's no better strategy than that. And really focusing on like starting a conversation and building relationships. Like that's the, that's all like, that's the secret. That's the key. Yeah. And being consistent, like you've said with high volume, like being consistent, that's, that ties into the overall strategy too. So when it comes, who's your, like, uh, you know, you look at like Ogilvy and like some of these guys that are like, you know, the fathers of writing copy and stuff like that. When I, when I talk to gym owners about writing copy, and, you know, you have to explain to them even what copy is. But once you kind of get past that, I tell people, write what you want to say, like how you think you need to say it. And it generally sounds, dear prospect, we have this amazing functional fit. And then like, just write that. And then I want you to pretend that we're sitting at the bar. We were each had two drinks and you're explaining it to me. How does it sound then? I want you to make it sound like how you would say it to an actual person, relaxed, not with a stick up your ass. Not using the big words. Imagine how you would explain it to a friend or someone. That's why I think uh, companies like Acuity, that's why I use for online scheduling, their copy, yeah. not only on the website, but in every element of their communication, it literally sounds like it's one of your boys writing you an email. It's not formal. There's sometimes there's spelling errors, but you, I relate to it because I, I feel like I'm talking to something more authentic than the typical, well, Mr. Brower, we're apologized that our servers were down yesterday between the hours of one and one. I get an email that goes, oops, we fucked up. Like that yeah. is like, but I respond to a brand like that. Like, because like, um, I always use this example, Lululemon. When you go in there and you look at the tag on Lululemon, it says why we made this. And I just, I read that on everything. I think that's yeah. such a cool idea. 
because that's if I were having a conversation with you know Chip Wilson, the the original founder of Lululemon, I'd ask him, well, why the fuck did you make it? It literally sounds like a conversation I would have. What what recommendations do you have for gym owners that are writing copy and they're sitting there and they're like, I got this awesome photo of a client and it's bokeh in the back and it looks great. What would you recommend for them from a copywriting perspective? Really, just well, first and foremost is to you know identify your avatars. You know, you have to know exactly who you're talking to, and then you have to know your objective. Like, what are you truly trying to accomplish in that piece of copy? Um, it doesn't always have to be an offer. It could be something like, oh, you know, tag a friend or like this or follow this or read this, like something like, what are you trying to accomplish there? Are you going for a sale? Are you going for a conversion or are you going for just like awareness? Um, identify the audience, create an incentive, and then also some element of scarcity. If it has to be real though, if there's, there has to be some type of real scarcity. I hate fake scarcity and people are wising up to that. Um, so if so that is an element. real scarcity, like you're actually, when it says like, when you're, t- when you're click your countdown on your click funnels landing page says three days and 27 seconds, there actually has to be three days and 27 seconds. Or do you mean something like, uh, you know, the, the challenge or the new class is going to start on this day and you can't join late. What would you recommend? What do you mean by real scarcity? Yeah. The, the challenge or the class is going to start on this date and we're, we're literally not taking more people for this class at this time. Like we're gonna close down this program for you know a limited amount of time. And that's a good way to honestly run a challenge. And then you could also uh, create like a, um, like a sold out page and still get those like pre-registrations for the next class. Like that's is real scarcity and momentum. Is that still the word or do you think that's something that just like, you know, the, the changing the name, it's the same thing as, as like, you know, um, you know, one of the big plays at, you know, one of the, whether it was Jim launch or one of these other companies like, Hey, here, this is the new play guys. It's not six week challenge. It's 42 day challenge. Go get it. Like that was like the big reveal. Like, yeah. you know, what now's the detox. <laughs> yeah. Now it's a detox. Correct. Like, what do you believe is the, it, it doesn't matter. Is there like, is challenge does that word beat to death? Or does it just beat to death to micro gym owners who are in the realm all day, but to the average public, nobody fucking knows that it's beat to death. I think, I think nobody fucking knows that it's I beat agree. to death. It's I only agree. beat to death to yeah, the gym owners for sure. And honestly, it, it just like those six, those free six week challenges or even just a six week challenge will still work if you execute it correctly. Like I just see poor execution and poor, poor follow-up and the, the, the basic fundamentals still apply. You still have to look to build that relationship. So like if you always keep that like value first mindset and look to building the relationship, then whatever type of marketing spiel that you put out in the market will, it will take off. It's just, you have to be relevant. Like it doesn't matter what the fuck you name it. It's just, it comes down to really building that relationship and being relevant to that avatar and that, that prospect that you're going to. What front end offers have you found have worked well for guys like ASAP and uh, CFT? So with ASAP, our five day uh, pass has been working extremely well. This past month, we signed up 40, 45 new members to our Lodi location. Um, and that was crazy. I mean, they, that was max capacity, really busy all the time, almost too much, I would say. Um, some of the people were complaining that the, the classes were too packed. So. Um, 
that gives us some good feedback. But that's been working well. Five day pass, um, and then they close on day one with uh, nutrition being as like the we have like a nutrition program program that we leverage on day one, and then we say like, oh, if you sign up today, then we'll give you a month of this uh, nutrition program. Um, but it's only available today. Pretty much like giving them a reason to sign up on day one. That's like the kicker to like the, the five day pass or the 10 day pass. And then the one day session for Chris has worked really well because his, because of his sales process, having that price prezzo, um, and really like a consultative close sitting down and being extra personal and, and really just diving into the pain points and, and the, the pain points of that, um, of the prospect that comes in. And then also the bit the like true benefits of, um, each offer that he's you know presenting on the price presentation like that's that's key to a consultative close and having that one-on-one session so i mean those have worked really well uh, we've also tried like with asap we've tried um i mean we've tried everything really we've actually tried the free six-week challenge alex ramosi style um we've tried the like a paid six-week challenge we've done 12 weeks we've, we've done everything 28 day 21 14 <laughs> you name it like we've tr- we've tried it and Honestly, like the five day pass is probably work the best uh, or a paid six week, like going straight, just asking for, you know, the money, sending them to an application page that worked really well. What do you guys typically see like uh, percentages? So like there's a lot of gyms, like especially once Alex hit the scene, there's a lot of guys that are like, listen, you know, they're the DIY guys. They don't call the plumber. They do it themselves. Right. So like they're the guys who are like, I'm going to do my own funnel, my own this, my own that I'll self-educate myself. For anyone out there doing it on their own, what, and let, let's say no matter what value we're able to create for them, uh, you know, on this, on this podcast, they're never going to call you. They're never going to call me. What would you say would be some percentages from a, um, a show rate to a close rate, things like that, that you would, you would recommend that you would consider would be a successful ad. So you go ahead and we do our, you know, a hundred dollars a day. We're doing three grand a month in ad spend. How many appointments are we setting? How many are showing? How many are closing? What would in your head be good percentages there? Well, you know what? Actually backing up on, I, you said like what would be a good uh, budget? Yeah. Like that's on the very high end. You know, okay. when, I, when I say that, like if you can make that work for three grand a month, then by all means, you should be testing that fast and scaling up. Um, but typically we'd like to, you know, that's like to test at first and then we kind of, you know, kill off. So it's, it doesn't end up going a hundred dollars a day throughout the whole month. Um, unless we can make it for work, but basically, um, the numbers would vary per offer, I would say. Um, but typically what we would like to see is an overall conversion of all the leads we bring in. If we can, if we can convert, um, 20%, at least 20% from cold traffic, then that's phenomenal. Yeah. Honestly, from cold traffic or through Facebook, that is absolutely phenomenal. You're crushing it. Yeah. No. And I, I, so, and I think a lot of people hear that and they think 20% doesn't seem like a great quote, but again, you got, you guys have to realize Sally was not looking for you. Like, again, if we were to go ahead, the closing ratio of people who go to Google search gyms near me, click your gym and then register on their own for a consultation. The closing ratio, in my opinion, should be 80% or more. 85, not, but that's because that chick was fucking looking for you. She actually went to the search engine. She actually put in something that you popped up on and she picked you 
for one of the three different reasons that I, that I believe versus somebody else in Google. And she, she took the steps in a Facebook ad or an Instagram ad guys, they were busy doing other shit. They were looking for a cat video or they wanted to get the fucking score of the Lakers game and your fucking ad popped up and people click on ads emotionally, not rationally emotionally Sally's boyfriend broke up with her two weeks ago and then she just saw a picture pop up that he was on a Tinder date and now she is fucking livid and she sees your ad and it just was perfect again timing let me ask you that when that when that becomes the case right and we talk about that kind of a high volume kind of scenario what do you like to see frequency wise in an ad if you're running an ad what is the frequency? How many times do you think it needs to be in front of somebody before you're going to get that, that lead gen? Or is it the lower quality of a prospect, the faster you get it, the higher quality of a prospect, you have to hit them more times? Do you see any correlation there? Mm, I don't really see too much correlation in that. Okay. Uh, I think it really comes down to the, the copy and the offer. Um, but I would say if we reach a frequency of four, then it's it's – time to switch things. Yeah. Up, it's been sure. beat. Yeah. But I also want to take a step back on, sure. on the conversion, um, side of things. So when I say 20%, that's like of the overall leads that you get, like everything, like say you, you, um, you gather 200 leads a month, closing 20% of that you're doing phenomenal. But if you're uh, the people that go through the funnel, if you should be aiming for around 80% of the people that actually book an appointment, and show up. That you walk in that's, your door. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, no, yeah that's 100%. what we're aiming for. Yeah. So I just want to clarify that. Sure. Um, before, yeah. 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 No. Twenty percent, guys, is everyone again. It's what you know that can that get that sent in their contact information, and then you got to think you call them, and they never you never hear from them again. So many gym owners know that lead, right? They call the lead and they're like, hey, just got your information. They're like, I didn't sign up for anything, and you're like, God damn it! Yes, you did. You literally <laughs> just did it. I know you did, fuckface. And because there are people and it's crazy, but there are people that will do that, submit contact information and never do anything like they, they just, boom, again, you just interrupted their workday. They saw it. They thought, Hey, I'll take that. And, but they really didn't, they, they didn't want it. And then what you're, so essentially, again, the recap, you're saying out of all the lead gen, 20% of them, you want to get in the door. And then out of the 20%, you want to close 80. Yes, absolutely. Cool. Good shit, man. Well, listen, we're aiming for at least a 60% show. Okay. What is it, um, real quick, uh, which play, this is one that I know I'm a question. I'm going to be like, why didn't you ask him this is what I'm thinking of. Which platform are you most bullish on right now? Facebook, Insta, YouTube, pre-roll. Facebook right now. Okay. Um, it's working really well, but Instagram is, is taking up. It is really, there's a lot of momentum right now on Instagram. So if you're not maxing out like the possibilities of organic on Instagram, then you're really missing out because yeah, we are yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're getting two to three leads off of our um, Instagram organic uh, for ASAP every single day. So you guys should really have a, a strong Instagram game. And then I'd say the next play is honestly, LinkedIn is a good one too. That is often overlooked. Uh, and there's some, some strategies that go along with kind of automating that first, that like first connection point. Um, but I'm really bullish on Facebook still for the Are time you, being. So when I think of the, the psychology be, between Facebook and Instagram, Facebook is a copy first video photo second type interaction, whereas Instagram and YouTube is a, is a video 
image first, copy second type of platform. Is it believed, do you think if it were the chicken versus the egg conversation, is it the copy or the creative? For Instagram? I would say in general, like if you had to pick one, like again, I had to pick one. Yeah. Image with less punch, but really good copy or copy with less punch, but a really good image. Uh, let's say for Facebook, are, are, is there one that you're picking over the other? I think they're both super important. They, they go hand in hand. It's, it's, it's hard to pick one um, because you like the image or the creative, whether that's an image or carousel video, whatever, that's what's going to like capture the attention. You know, so that's where most of the testing is going to be. And then the copy, like those first few lines are extremely important to get that intention and to make them, give them a reason why they should even read it. Yeah, I, I think that's a good answer. I tell people uh, the image is like what you wear to the bar when you're single. And then the copy is the first sentence that's going to come out of your mouth, that hot chick or hot guy. It's, you know, yeah. again, it's, can you draw my attention? And then can what comes out of your mouth not be fucking stupid? It actually, it actually attracts me to you. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. Julian, if anyone is listening and they would like to contact you regarding, uh, they have questions, they want to inquire about your services, they want to ask more, something that I forgot to ask you, how would they get in touch with you? Um, you can hit me up on Facebook, my personal profile, just Julian Bryant, or you can go to my website, themilliondollargym.com, where you can opt in for, you know, just my little, my little bait, <laughs> my little lead magnet and get your, get yourself a free strategy there. And, um, no harm, no foul. It's all free just to help you guys out. Um, but yeah, those are like the two main ways to get a, uh, get a hold of me. Awesome guys. And I'll, I'll include this, these contact pieces, his Instagram, his Facebook, all those links in the show notes here. But, um, Julian, I really appreciate you coming on today and, and, and sharing the story in the first half and then, and then talking shop with me here in the second half, man, this is a lot of fun. And, uh, I, uh, I'm grateful that you and Chris got linked up. I'm glad everything's working out well. And um, yeah, man, I wish you nothing but the, the best in the future. Thanks, brother. I really appreciate it. I'm honored to be on here, truly. Awesome.